You're listening to the podcast for Asbury United Methodist Church. Join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. for small groups, 10 a.m. for worship, or anytime at asburybosier.org. Good morning, Asbury. A special day for a lot of folks. And uh, first of all, before we start in the message for today, I want to just, first of all, thank so many people who've been a part of bringing this confirmation class together, supporting it, parents, uh, the, the, the confirmands themselves have been gr- a great class. We appreciate you very much. And of course, the, the music and everything else and all the pieces and parts that come into making a sermon come together or making a worship experience come together. And so here we go, see what happens next. There's always that thing that happens next. We have many starting lines in our lives. We've experienced many of those through when we complete a degree, we start a new job or career, new starting line. We get married, we start relationships, we raise kids, we worry about our kids, all new starting lines. We have setbacks. We have disappointments. And then we chart a new course and we find ourselves at new starting lines. I'll tell one little story. Everybody knows about my uh, past at a small school, small town that I grew up in. We did not have a track team. The normal regiment for uh, the, bo- the boys in my school was, regardless of size, ability, talent, or enthusiasm, this is what we did. You play football. Football ends, you start basketball. You end basketball, you start baseball. Well, there was a little time in between basketball and baseball, so they, our coach decided, let's go to a track meet. There is no track in this small town. When we ran, we ran barefoot or in tennis shoes, probably left over from basketball, up and down the stadium stairs or something like that. But we all lined up with what we could do. Mine was 800 meter and 1600 meter runs. And I was intending to run them barefoot. And so we go to our first and only track meet in this big city called Houghton. (laughs) Houghton had a track. Houghton had not grass and clover. They had these brick cinders. I don't remember if I ran barefoot or not. I'm sure I was in my, my basketball shoes and I didn't finish last, I was somewhere in the pack. But before that got ha- actually happened, a new starting line happened. This coach decided, you know, we can make some points over there in these things called field events. And he looked at me, 13 years old, about 5'4", five, 5'5", so go over there to the high jump and sign in, see if you can get some points. So I go over there to that high jump. There's no high jumps in my small town. Never seen them except for on wide world of sports. Speak of agony of defeat. But I go over there and there's these big old long-legged frog of people that are gonna jump on this thing and they started the bar way over my head so went through the thing and I came back and coach asked me how I did. I said, coach, I did really good. I, knocked, I jumped as high as I could and I knocked that bar down all three times. 
I went three for three already in baseball mode, right? So that we have new starting lines all the time in our lives. But with the confirmation class, we kind of had a regiment of introducing ourselves to different starting lines. We start off with, hello, Jesus, hello, God. And we have a slide for that. We talked about this, uh, this, uh, this, uh, this uh, painting from the Sistine Chapel, Michelangelo uh, did this. And, and it, it shows some interesting things. But first, it shows that God, on the reaching out to Adam, intentionally, on purpose, reaching out to touch his creator, creation. Adam, on the other hand, it looks like he's just not real sure about the whole thing. Well, do I touch it? Do I not touch it? Do I, what, what, what's, so there's this apprehension that I think is a part of the painting, and it's a part of how we sometimes walk into relationships, and particularly walk into relationships with God and relationship with Christ. Does, we asked the confirmants during their time, what makes a good relationship? Well, communication. You want to know them. You care about them. You are there for them even when times are tough. And you trust them to be there for you should times get difficult. So we challenged them to understand this relationship and how to see that in our tradition in Wesley, he believed that God tries to reach out to us long before we even started to think about reaching back. And so, yeah, the, question, the next question comes up then, why would God, the creator of all there is, even have the time or compassion to care about each one of us? Well, it's all about that relationship. He started that relationship with each and every one of you before you had a name or before you were even born. And so that relationship starts, but you continue it in your growth as you go down to new starting lines, a starting line of relationship with Christ. John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And that is new insight into the whole idea that God love us and how it's pulled together. Now, one of the little things that we did this year that was unusual, here it is, the backpack. <laughs> You're welcome. And, and by the way, I'm not gonna point them out, but one of them, there's like 40 pounds of rocks in this thing. They took turns carrying it around when we went around the campus and things. But one of them is so ambitious and athletic uh, she decided to go and play volleyball or soccer or something with the 40 pounds on her back. My goodness, overachievers. But that, that was, it's sort of the definition of this whole class anyway. They were always looking for the thing. But we carried this around our campus and there were lessons all over this campus, just a few that I'll point out. And maybe you don't know about, but they do now, is there's two trees as you walk out toward this parking lot. There used to be three. When we first came to this campus, we had one for faith, hope, and love. I don't know which one, probably hope got chopped down when we had to build more, you know, road and parking lot and stuff. But 
that was a history of that. And that slides right into, guess what? Our mission statement, our decides today. And uh, we also walked around, we encountered Jerry Shepherd Pavilion. We talked about a servant in our church who was a quiet servant, but who did many things and was somebody who loved Christ. But if you didn't know, take this walk around our campus, you might not have known the contribution that he and many others give to the mission and the ministry of this church. We walked down that wing and looked out a window as for one lesson. We just simply looked out the window. I said, what do you see? So they said, uh, the obvious, I see grass, I see dead grass, I see sand, I see a, I see a wayward volleyball, I see uh, cars in the parking lot, I see, and they, they mentioned birds and things like that. And I said, well, there's many things you can see out this window. I have friends who have looked out windows with me and they will say to me, I see all these things, but I see no God. Well, these are, usually, these are oftentimes people of science. They understand how things work in the world. And I, I being someone of science, know a few things. I look out that same window and I see the majesty and the intricacies and how things work together and I can't, and the beauty and enormity of it all. And the only thing I can think of is, oh my God. So looking at the same thing differently is how we sometimes get to a new starting lines, including a personal relationship with Jesus. Then we moved on to, hello Bible. And we talked about how important it is to read this, because this is God's word expressed for us. Maybe written down by imperfect humans, but certainly there's an important part of every part of this. This is the word of God. So you study. You study all about the things that are troublesome verses. You study about things that are meaningful verses and got to know and got to memorize verses. You study, you read, you study, but that's not where it ends. As you continue to grow and develop, you learn to listen to God's word. And that's why sometimes I've heard pastors preach a sermon who preached for 40 years and say, the word has spoken to me something or, or opened up something new to me because they are listening. They're not just reading or studying, they're listening. So I invited them to walk into that starting line of listening to that. But it's kind of like the commercial, but wait, there's more. It doesn't end there. No, no Ginsu knives. It is, you are to be doers of the word and not just hearers. So our focus as believers, as focus of this church is on mission to go and do with what God has for you. And God does have a plan for each and every one of us. So next up to bat is hello, John Wesley and the Methodists. And so we learned a lot about the traditions of the Methodist church and how things put together. And it's important in a lot of ways. I used to tell young engineers when they came along to help mentor them to become great engineers someday, 
You need to know how we got here so you can be a better, uh, have a better look at what's ahead. If you know where we, how we got to where we are, you'll be better at projecting a great future, not just a good future or something that serves a, mo a purpose for a moment. And so same way with our church, understanding its traditions is important. It's also understanding that there's a different place for us to go. And you use where we've come to to project ourselves into the future. You are the future. And so it's important that you know these things that we talked about. We understood some of the traditions and symbols of our church. And we talked about a lot about our mission, making disciples and transforming the world. So what we do doesn't just stop here, what we do. It doesn't just stop with just writing a check. It doesn't stop with just doing something for a member of the church. It goes out into the community. It goes out to the world. It, and so it's a bigger mission. And you are a part of it being a United Methodist. Our church, our purpose is back to the trees, bringing hope, building faith and reaching out with love. Those are not empty words. Those are meaningful words. A church, this church whose history goes from starting at a place which is now a pawn shop on Benton Road to another spot on Douglas Drive, which is now would be the lumber section of Lowe's and then moved itself out to a cow pasture. And no kidding, we had to move some things to build. We have a mission, we have a purpose of being here. We have a mission for our community, for those believers who come here to be fed. We have a mission for those in need in, in, the, in the world. So a new starting line is a before you. A starting line for each of us is a starting line of purpose, mission, and service. That is part of our Methodist DNA. That is part of our Asbury DNA. It is part of our DNA as believers in Christ. So then we go, hello, God. We took a trip to the synagogue. We were warmly welcomed again this year. It was a great, it's always been a great time to go there. We had, we learned a lot. We learned a lot from the rabbi. The rabbi stayed with us about an hour and a half going through a lot of the history of the uh, Jewish uh, the traditions. But they also had, our confirmands had uh, uh, extra bonus. They got to do something that was very unusual that was allowed and they were instructed as to the proper technique to open the ark, which is the place where the Torah is kept. They were also allowed each and every one of them to hold the Torah. The rabbi did point out that if you drop the Torah, you have to uh, fast for 40 days. And I stretched the truth a little bit and said, yeah, only one dropped it last year. Just, <laughs> but just kidding. But they, they had a great time. It was a great experience. We learned then a little bit about Israel as God's chosen people, what that means, more of a culture as well as just a religion. It's a lot bigger. We learned about God as creator, but we also understood God as redeemer and God as sustainer in our lives and how God, the creator, Jesus Christ, who came to save us and redeem us, to instruct us and God as sustainer in the Holy Spirit 
to help us move forward, to move us into our purpose. So we also brought them in here on one of the things, carrying the backpack. And I said, what do you see? And they made observations. And we got to the window back here. What do you see? Take a moment. What do you see? Well, there's the obvious. But one reflection that was brand new when we were out here actually looking, and it was an afternoon at the right time of the year, the light was shining through right on us about midway down. We see, if you see the yellow light around, around that, that is a light. Things in the darkness are lit up with light. But it is not complete. The circle is not complete. It is only till the red goes all the way around. And we surmise that the blood of Christ is what completes the circle we can't complete ourselves. So it's with God Almighty that we can have this revelation and that how important it is what Jesus Christ does for us. So a new starting line of understanding God, how might, and just contemplate how might each one of us, how might each one of us bless the world around us. Because when you are living as believers in Christ, you are shining Christ's light into the world. And we ask the question, how does it feel when we bless others and share the love of Christ? Well, does God still reach out to us even when we fall short? Well, of course. When we fall, God is there to pick us up. The question was asked, well, why does he let us stumble anyway? Sometimes when you are created by God, all things are not on God, it's on us. But God does not abandon us when we, when we fall. God is there to help pick us up. And when we are on our knees, when we are on our knees, we are in a position of strength where we pray and we are made stronger through things. There are many things that will come along that will not work out just right, but it will make you stronger. Then next, hello, Grace. Very important to us. We understand prevenient grace, justifying grace, and sanctifying grace. Prevenient where there's something that was in us before we were born that is natural part of us. It's a natural con conscience that, as Wesley describes it, it is to be aligned with God as justifying grace. And a short verse of sanctifying, it's a perfection of love, righteousness, and true holiness. And we move toward that as we grow spiritually. You're going to grow in stature, wisdom, knowledge. You're also going to grow for the rest of your lives spiritually. And so you have a, you have a new starting line. And so Wesley experienced grace, he knew that he could not reach that perfection all on his own. He had to have something else. In that boat, while things were crashing all around him, he was with these crazy Moravians and they were singing. And he, he understood that there was something else he needed to understand. So in Methodism, there are four alls we've talked about. We have a need to be saved. We all can be saved. We all can know that we are saved and we all can be saved to the uttermost. There is an assurance 
many people in different moments kind of have that doubt. But there is that assurance that we are saved, that God is there for us. God is reaching out to us. Like the painting, are we reaching back is the real question. So what are we to do? Hello, body of Christ. We are all the body of Christ. We have all different type of skills and strengths that God has given us. And we are to use them, whether it's singing, whether it's writing, leadership, evangelism. We talked through all that through a survey. And we talked about what is your, your gifts. And by the way, as you grow, you may find different strengths that come along or are developed during your time. But all should be used to be working to the glory of God. And then we took a road trip, number two, to Rock Chapel, a place where in DeSoto Parish, some, uh, some priests moved up from their monastery in Natchitoches Parish to come and bring Christ to this region. What was in the region were uh, Native Americans, were uh, traders, a uh, pretty rough group in the 1800s and early 1800s, mid 1800s. And they brought them Bible studies. They did preaching. They did things in the Holy Catholic Church that they, they do to bring someone to a relationship with Christ. And then they built a monastery there. They built a, a convent and nuns came along and assisted with the construction and, and all and helping the people in the community. Well, the, 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 the uh, the priests needed a place of solitude for prayer and reflection and strength. And over several years, they built this made out of rocks from the field nearby. The, the, the farmers, as they plow and they find rocks, they just throw them to the side. So they went and got some people and they made this over a number of years to be that special place. We got to spend time in that special place. We also, it was, I told him as we were walking toward the, um, the chapel, about a 400-yard walk from the, uh, the church to the chapel. This isn't a ghost story, but I'm about to introduce you to the original priests. When we got there, we saw the grave sites of several of the priests. I said, look at them. What are their ages? They're not much older than you. They were in their 20s and 30s. They sacrificed it all to share Christ with the part of the world where they were taken. Over to the other side were four other grave sites with no names. And they are, they are the nuns that were also there too, but the names are not there. You could say maybe it's a paternal system and they didn't. The nuns were so into sacrificing, their names weren't important to them. They didn't want it to be about them. They were all in service. So then, while we were there, we found out what was in the backpack. There were many rocks in that backpack. <laughs> and one by one, we looked at them. Over the years of doing confirmation, people like you have brought up things that were concerns for burdens or things that bothered them. Each of these rocks had a name or had a word written down on them. And then you read them one by one. We talked about how you experienced them or could experience them and what were we to do with these things. The burdens we had used were anger, self-image, peer pressure, bullying, boredom, unhealthy behaviors, time and priorities, disappointment, 
meeting expectations, anxiousness, depression, grades, fear, frustration, greed, envy, and pride. After emptying, getting all those rocks out, one by one, we were doing this next to a cross that had been set outside the chapel. We laid all those burdens at the foot of that cross. It was a reminder that we can lay our burdens at the foot of the cross and give it to, to God to help us walk through this journey, through every starting line that happened, through all these disappointments, through all the things that would otherwise be a burden that would weight us down in our lives. But it was bigger than that. By your leaving those rocks there, there will be a pilgrim one day that walks by. Your, your example, your ministry, will go forward into something you may never know that person. So it is in living a life of Christ. The way you influence and way you share the light of Christ, you may, may never know the outcome. But indeed, it is something that you do. You may not even know you did it, but Christ uses us. So we see the new starting line for how we fit into the kingdom of God. So next is hello decisions. And we turn to the starting line idea. Here you are, confirmation class of 2023. It's time to claim ourselves for Christ. It's a distinct moment in your unfolding journey with many starting lines. You have, and I told you when we were in class, you can say yes, you can say no, you can say maybe, but you're here because you're ready to say yes. You have been listening and you have a purpose. There will be many other decision points ahead. Some will be great decisions. Some will be not so good decisions. And God will be there with you through it all because you have decided to follow Jesus. And while now with all of us here, just like to say, Congratulations for completing and surviving confirmation class. But the important thing is, welcome to the starting line.